0: Good evening and welcome to Cannabis Network, excuse me, let's try this one more time, (coughs) so that's what I get for doing hits before I uh, start the show, Uh, good evening and welcome to Cannabis Network Radio, today is Wednesday, October 16th, 2013, I am your host, David Kowalski, along with my co-host, N.A. Poe, who decided to miss his cue. All right. Oh, that We're was my going... Dave. How are you today? You know, uh,
1: Dave, things are crazy. I'm running around here like crazy. I'm doing comedy shows. I'm hosting radio shows. We have to get me a cape. We have to make me a cape. So I can get all okay. This done.
0: So whoever's listening, uh, Poe needs a purple cape <laughs> with with a big something uh, weed Just like a on leaf, on the, leaf on the back of it, and uh, he'll be grateful forever. Uh, we're gonna jump into some uh, Dank goodness by Dank, and we'll be back with our guest for this evening, uh, Rick Kusick from uh, High Times Magazine.
2: Relax, relax, relax Let the positive vibe flow Let the positive vibe flow Back another bowl
1: The Network Radio, I am your host Ed a Poe, here with Dave Kowalski as always. Tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Rick Kuzik from High Times. Dave, it's nice to have Rick on the show.
0: It is awesome. Good evening, Rick. How are you doing?
3: Hey, thanks for having me on the show, guys. It is my privilege and honor to be here. Thank uh, you. You guys are infamous. <laughs> uh oh. And I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't think infamous is where I really want to be, but okay, I'll take it. You well, know that's and what I'm...
3: you got. You guys. <laughs> sure. you don't get to ask for that sort of thing It just happens.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh so tell us something good, tell us something tell us tell us something that's happening immediately in in the weed uh, world. you
3: know, there's at least two states that just legalize marijuana and more to come. That's good. Yep. And uh and uh we're uh, going to get some more medical states in the next year or two. That's good. Somebody told me, "What will it take to legalize marijuana?" Right? <laughs> somebody was we were talking about this. And this is not my quote. I wish I said this. It's by somebody I don't really listen to that much. But uh <laughs> But uh, Kleinman, he said, Hillary Clinton's second term. (laughs) Wow. All
0: right. Think about it.
3: Think about it. I'm I'm thinking about Uh, it. (laughs) Joe Biden doesn't like marijuana at all. If he becomes president of the United States, we're screwed. If the Republicans come in, it's going to become the biggest speed bump in the world. So the only way it's going to happen is if Hillary Clinton's Gets in the White House, and she sure as hell ain't going to do it in her first term. Hillary Clinton's second term. That gives us about eight years to get as many states legalized as possible.
0: Well, if we get the majority, you know, the state majority, then you know that has initiative in itself behind it. But nonetheless, I'm I'm saying, you know, 2014 I think is a pivotal year because we have two legal states. We have a couple other states that are on the cusp of legalization, as well, Um, as well as as you said, you know, a bunch of states that are going to be uh, medical. I'd say probably within the next 12, 24 months. Um, I see with no problem. You know, that's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you remember or not back in, in 2010 when I first uh, interacted with you at, at Hempfest, I mentioned mm-hmm. this thing called Weed, the Weed Not Greed Tour. And so it's kind of one of those things that I've been trying to put together for the longest time, but we're actually gonna be implementing this year. And it's the Weed Not Greed Cannabis Education Tour. Um, so we're actually going to be going out to educate people because we feel that 2014 is a pivotal moment, and we feel that, you know, social interaction and education is, is one of the larger keys to legalization. What is your it, thoughts it's on It's the
3: that? key to legalization. You know, when they made the plant illegal, um, a young taxed it in 37, and then made it illegal in 70, The uh, naturally they outlawed the plant, but how they accomplished that... Was they took away the truth and they replaced it with a lie, and you can argue that that marijuana law reform has pretty much been replacing the the lie with the truth and, and if you guys are going out there and educating people, that is the road to legalization. well
0: well, picture this let me let me give you a scenario because you've been to lots of events you've been to lots of of of, of I guess you know hoop laws promoting you know awareness and advocacy so just envision this envision a forty five foot tour bus you know with proper messaging pulling up to any given location and you know people that are you know well-versed and educated go out to disseminate information uh, about cannabis and to debunk the reefer madness so you're looking at this huge tour bus that's pulling up anywhere you know whether it be at a, a government building whether it just be at a restaurant whether it be anywhere and just picture the the, the scenario of what would go down in the intention and the attention that this is going to get you know when we have this thing on the road it's gonna be uh, I think I think it's gonna actually be one of the biggest uh, direct action ish kind of uh, legalization things that, that anyone's really have ever seen so I'm looking forward to uh, getting getting uh, Myself uh, into that mode for 2014, and you know, hopefully, we can coax you to get involved somehow or another, and maybe have sure. your voice heard, and you know, do what you do best, and get the people riled you up. You could be a bus
1: driver, so. Rick. Why don't you drive <laughs> the bus? <laughs> about,
3: yeah, I'll be the Neil Cassidy of marijuana. <laughs> 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 yeah. So speaking, so
0: speaking of, of tours and tour buses and stuff, over your yeah. course of, of time, uh, uh, course, over your course at high times, uh, you've yeah. had you've had the opportunity to to really sit down and have face to face conversations with some of entertainment's greatest uh uh weed, yeah i've
3: been really lucky in that yeah regard. like like really weed ridiculous.
0: uh you know i guess advocates uh participants um so out of all those years and all the people that that you have mm-hmm. um what who was the one that info or impacted you the most
3: well i mean uh, say what you're saying pop no please um, actually I mean, I've had a number of I've met my heroes on a number of terms, you know. And uh I, I really uh it, it's hard it's a great question and I guess what I have to say is uh I did my uh first interview with Willie Nelson. I've done a couple now, I've done a couple of high times covers with Willie. And uh the first time out, um uh, Keith Stropp had set up the interview with me, so it wasn't really an interview, it was more like a, a sesh, you know. And uh I went uh, to Maryland and went on the bus with Keith and Alan St. Pierre and myself, and we sat around for a couple hours and smoked weed with Willie, and um, it was wonderful, fantastic, great, great interview, and I thought it was going on way long, and this guy gets on the front of the bus, and I, I lean back, and I look, and I couldn't see him for all the smoke in the bus, and it just suddenly crystallized, and I was looking at Bob Dylan.
4: Bob Dylan walks on.
3: on the bus. Now, let me tell you: if you're a rock writer, if you're a music writer, it don't get better than I'm smoking. What year and is this? walking Rick? on the bus, and Bob Dylan walks on. And this was uh, 2005, 2006, maybe, and uh, and then we we did another one in uh, in uh, Austin with uh, Willie as well. But he is one of the most gracious human beings I've ever met. Uh, he was always a big influence in my life even before that, and uh, getting to meet him was. Uh, Better than I thought it would be. He's he's one of the most sincere guys you'll ever meet. The best eye contact of any individual I've ever met. You know, is that
0: because and, he just locks on you because he's stoned, or just because uh, he's good? Good all. verbal eye contact. He's
3: he's real stoned, but he's really focused. You know, and he's and he's focused on you. He's one of those guys who gives you his total attention. And uh, then when he moves on, the next person gets his total attention. It's very impressive. He's very uh, aware of you know, giving everybody the best moment that they can give them, you know. I, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great things. I saw Tommy Chung go from being a guy that you couldn't, the only way you could get Tommy Chung to do anything was to pay him to show up, and now he, he went to jail, he became a jail time activist. Now Tommy's one of the most
1: sincere activists you can find.
0: Yeah, sometimes that's what it takes. I Yeah, mean, you know, Rick,
1: it's you funny know. you say that. We, uh, we, just, we just reached out to Tommy because uh, we found out that he's going to be on, in Delaware, Uh, the same day performing as our Smokedown Prohibition 10 event. So Chris Goldstein Goldstein sent him over an email today. So it's kind of a shot in the dark, but it'd be uh, interesting if we saw Tommy Chong stand on top of uh, the First Amendment tombstone and uh, give a little speech. I think it would uh, bring Philadelphia some much-needed attention.
3: Yeah, Yeah, well, that way, like I said, before uh, he got busted, you know, he was pretty much a businessman. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, Tommy Chong was pretty much, you know, a gun for hire. And then uh, when he went in, uh, after he came back out, he started donating his time to normal. He started showing up at events and doing things and talking out, and uh, and you know he became one of the most uh, eloquent activists in in his later years. Uh, surprised everybody by doing it. Uh. And uh, so maybe you're gonna get him.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, it's That's funny not... when you do. He he did some time for for that shit right he was in jail well he did nine
3: months but you know the thing is with tommy uh they arrested on that day uh they used a big government operation they busted 37 companies they busted 56 individuals including tommy chong and tommy chong was the only one who did time he did nine months out of 56 individuals i didn't and and he didn't he wasn't guilty they had his son and they had his wife on paper and they came to tommy and said we have your son and we have your wife they're going to go to jail unless you want to go to jail. We'd rather do yeah, you Yeah,
1: That's jail. horrendous. I know how the federal and, government uh, is personally. And, you know, I think that, you know, uh, after I did that little stint in jail that I did, it does inspire you to kind of, like, give back because, like, when you when they take from you like that, it's kind of, like, it's scarring. I mean, like, I won't ever forget those five days in jail, you know? So I think yeah, that, uh, yeah. you know, getting into that mind frame, I know you've been arrested multiple times,
3: uh, oh, yeah. You know, it just fucking <laughs> it sucks. Well, you know, it's funny. I had I I, I, it does suck, and when you're going through it, there's nothing worse. But on the other hand, uh, a lawyer recently said something to me which I thought was pretty wise. It was a very wise lawyer, and he said, "In my years as a defense attorney, I've never known a little time in jail to do anybody but a little bit of good." <laughs> 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 and uh, I guess when you're a defense attorney, that's what you, that's what you say, you know. But um, it's In, true. You come out focused. There is one. You come interest- out having learned, you know what what it's about, and that's that's always a good lesson to have, having had your eyes open.
0: There is one thing interesting that i like to interject about the whole Tommy Chan thing. It was at the mm-hmm. time the district attorney from Pennsylvania oh, that actually yeah. that actually oh, yeah. was was the one that brought the charges against him for shipping glass or whatever his family for shipping glass were into say Pennsylvania. Oh, so now
3: Mar- Mary, what was her name? I can't.
0: Buckner, Buckwalder, Buckner, or something like that, whatever uh, the case yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah. We, also, have
1: some, we have some fucks up here in, in Pennsylvania. It's, it's horrendous trying to get work yeah, done she here was with in marijuana. Pittsburgh. she was a
3: Pittsburgh uh, attorney, and uh, she had uh, gone after not only uh, uh, all the glass manufacturers, but also after the urine testing people. But there's also
0: another interesting thing about her is that you know she then, I think, went from that position to another higher-up position based on uh you know her her assertion of such, but nonetheless mm-hmm. it was actually pennsylvania that 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 in you know in caused that whole hoopla to begin with but
3: uh, yeah um, she got in t- she got in trouble uh she actually avoided it by the hair of her chin 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 uh, she uh, was involved in the um, um, uh, the justice department firing of the attorneys. Oh, a few yeah. years later, and she was involved in that in Bergoglio, that caused... Uh, yeah, whatever, karma's a bitch, general.
0: you know? What can I say? Yeah, yeah,
3: that? yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> those were... Uh, it's been an interesting, I've been doing this for 15 years at High Times, and I've gone through three presidents now. Yeah. And it's been interesting to see, you know, the, uh, the uh, arc of how we're going. If you asked me two years ago, three years ago, <sighs> if, if we'd have two states legalized and all these states medicalized, and we'd be looking at you know, having a number uh, of states coming on up, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I concur because you know, I started doing this, you know, I guess full time in 2010, January 2010 is when when I started, and uh, you know, it's it's in that short amount of time, I. I yeah. I have been amazed. you know i was i was saying in the last show you know all these like and these people that are making millions weren't even in existence in 2010 nope. they were just kind of sitting around you know doing what is what is that they're doing you know and now it's because fucking
1: google of weed there's businesses are making money on that front end bubble of that shit man but yep no but,
3: everything's happening right now and so, not only that but also it's not just a reformist uh, making that happen it's also uh technology oil is coming from west to the east and it hasn't traveled all the way across yet but it's coming so and with that is coming all of the the rigs and the nails and the globes and the and the pads and the, you know all the things that come with it and that that makes the uh the market very healthy so
0: we so we got a couple questions here for you from the mm-hmm. chat room uh jane uh asked how many times rick have you been arrested what was the longest stint and on what charges <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm I'm a minor offender on on all kinds of things. Um, I've been arrested three times, uh, twice in my younger years, and once more uh, prominently with with, uh, Keith Stropp in 2007 (laughs) at the Boston Freedom Rally. Um, But I've never spent more than a couple of nights in jail here or there.
0: Gotcha. And then the second question, which I'm going to kind of tweak it a little bit because I'm I'm not, you know, I don't. Uh, the wording of the questions, something I'm not sure, uh, whatever, yeah. It's from Ken. Um, and basically Ken. he wanted to know that High Times has ads for legal buds and in states that uh, legal buds, uh, that, you know, cannabis isn't, you know, wor- uh, available to them, is legal buds
3: worthwhile? You know, it's funny that you should ask this question because um, I wouldn't have brought it up, but since you've asked, I can say for... Um, it's never been said publicly, but as of uh, a few weeks ago, there's no more legal butt ads on high-time.
0: You have heard it first on Cannabis Network Radio. Heard it first. I heard, heard it first, Radio. yeah. And and
3: it's just, you know, it's not anything... Uh, have you ever tried it? lost anybody away or anything like that? No, I've never tried
1: it. I have. Um,
3: Big mistake. But, but it's just that, <laughs> it's just that uh, you know, it does, ads have whittled away.
1: Right. What the fuck what, is it?
3: Uh, Who knows? I mean, there's first of all, you know, you got to remember what we're talking about. There's spice, and then there's there's uh, things that look like weed, but
0: it's not weed. Uh, Ken Ken's yelling at me in the chat room here, saying it's not what he asked at all. Um, (laughs) So so uh, I'll I'll word the question to you, Rick, and you can go ahead and either answer it or decline. It says why why is High Time still taking ads for legal buds? He answered that. You are a leader of the cannabis culture. Should not be advertising for that poison. So that was his question. And can I? The answer is
3: we're not taking ads for legal buds right now. Right. So same answer, Ken. by the way, by the way, that is not to say that is not to say the high times won't take ads for anything that comes along. You got to remember, you know, when it comes to when we default to towards uh, a free expression always. But but to answer your question directly, at this moment, we're not taking any. Ads for legal so are the and ads By the way, there haven't been any illegal bud advertisement in the magazine for a long time. On, there's been is the online and that kind of stuff. Is so the, the online, online
0: phasing out as well?
3: Yeah, online's gone. Oh, because
0: That's what I was talking I mean, about. mean, because he was last, because he was the last
3: bastion was online, and now it's not true anymore.
0: Oh. I guess I don't know because um, he's claiming that's still on the website. Don't I mean? Whatever, it's fine. You guys took a stand. It's whatever. Maybe he'll take a look. Maybe his cookies are caching to be refreshed. But uh yep, that, yep, that's that's yep. that's the answer. From High Times, no longer doing it, and and I have happen to to uh, think that's great, and I'm happy. If that there is that,
3: if there is something up there, it's a straggler. It's coming down. I mean, literally, we were dealing with this uh, last week or two.
0: Cool. Huh. Well. That's I'm I'm actually happy to hear that. So
3: yeah, um, I, you know, I, as I said, to me, I always felt that the uh, um, I always felt that the issue was overblown.
0: You know, business is business. I guess sometimes you know we we all you know one thing which I think people don't really understand in the world of of cannabis is that you know High Times, aside from being a business, is also an activist group in itself. I mean, oh, yeah. what they've been doing for you know since 1972.
3: Uh, Seventy-four. Seventy-four. Uh, we've been the largest corporate uh, contributor to Normal for forty years, uh, every month without fail. Um, we, uh, on top of that, we've given uh, free pages to uh, many activists, but specifically to Normal, who is our sister organization, for forty years, full page every every uh, year. And uh, I'm the person who's in charge of the activism at High Times. I, I interact with uh-huh. the activist community. I'm on the board of Normal, and um, well, the board of Normal is
0: kind of kind of a new thing for you, right?
3: Yeah, well, I was. Uh, yeah, i I was on the board of Normal since last February. Before that, I was on uh, the board of New Jersey Normal for about three or four years.
1: Now, oh, aren't you on the normal? You're on the normal women's alliance as well now, right? Nah, yeah, that's brand new. Yeah,
3: I just got that two weeks ago. I'm on the board. So, of, Rick, it's if, 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 if it's a normal on the.
1: On the excuse me. What if the normal transgender alliance came to you and asked you to join their <laughs> board? Would you join that board,
3: too? I would be there in a heartbeat. I would be okay, there Okay, cool. A My transgender brothers and sisters need their read, too. We are, we are all
0: about diversity you know, across right, the dog? board. You know. Right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, said, I said we're all about diversity across the board, but as I was saying, you know, That's high right. times... Marijuana
3: is an inclusive drug. Absolutely. It is an inclusive experience. It is a wonderful... Gathering experience for the human animal, and
0: that's an a- a- Absolutely, I mean one thing. One thing which you know, I, I'll continue to say is you know, aside from being a business, you know, High Times being an activist group, you know, one thing which people don't realize is that when you do have activist groups, you know, such as. You know different organizations out there. We all don't make a lot of money, so you know when when we can no, when, we, when we can capitalize in different areas. You know whether you know sometimes it's questionable or not. We have to do we have to do because if we don't get revenue, we can't continue to do what we're doing and to yeah. you know support I mean, the message. That's been my
3: area do. of expertise so. in the sense that I, I work for I work for a for profit I uh, work for a for profit company, and I am a director of a. Open- of a non that essentially we do the same thing both organizations uh we get the truth out it's all about information it's all about content and uh uh you know i where those two cons- come together is the place that i'm most interested in you know and there's some great great uh capitalist activists out there and there are some great great activist capitalists as well
0: I like to fall into both of those categories, personally.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We have a social movement that has a multibillion-dollar industry attached to it. There is not another social movement in the world that has a multibillion ah, that's, dollar
1: that's a very industry. interesting point. It,
3: it, it's
0: absolutely very true, right. and some people don't realize the importance of... Of of how the social movement is so integral. I mean, when yeah. we were sit when we were chatting that you know this past year at uh, Hemfest with jamin you know we had that little like you know random forty five minute discussion. That's what we were talking yeah, about how culture. how you know that whole th- how it is a social thing because the social policy is what influences uh, the political policy, and you know it's a yeah. social change that has affected gay marriage, that has affected gay and lesbian rights, uh, women voting. It's all been social, not political. So you know, uh, people need to realize that you know what what we are trying to do in a whole. You know, from high times being I, I'm going to say a social organization to you know what we're trying to do. You know, here at Cannabis Network Radio and and with the Media Group and with the Weed Not Greed tour is to create that social awareness and to create education. So people that are still stuck with that for madness can be educated because when some you know when you have that moment and i'm sure you know i'm talking about rick when you reach out to someone and you're talking to them and all of a sudden you you see that click you know what that that switches that transitions they're like oh i get it now they turn into some of the best activists you can have so yeah
3: you have these moments you have these moments in which you see the spark hit somebody eyes. and that's you know what again i get back to it again uh what's holding everything back is that they keep telling lies and what's moving everything forward is that we keep telling truth. When you tell that truth to somebody and that moment when they get it, you see it in their eyes Yeah, and you go, wow, there that, it is. You got it. Gotcha. Right. That, <laughs> that's
0: what, that's what makes it, that makes it worthwhile for me when I, when I see that moment. And that's, and that's why I say to people, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, when I was in, in uh, Denver, I was sitting down with a bunch of people and I, you know, somebody asked, what do you, well, how much money do you need to go ahead and, and, you know, Make legalization happen, or what do you need? So and so mm-hmm. forth, you know. I'm, I'm horrible asking for people for money, so I said to the guy, looking like straight in the face, I said, "How much is it worth when you can change a person's life?" You know, then put a price tag on that, and then that's how much I need because you know we well, have. You know,
3: I mean, to put it to put it in practical terms, one of the the reasons marijuana has been illegal all these years, and they've been winning all these years until lately. Is that you know, with the federal government, they've had, um, uh, depending how you do the math, anywhere from 20 to 40 billion dollars a year to fight the drug war, and again, how depending how you do the math, maybe eight billion to wage against marijuana. Eight billion dollars the federal government has spent every year for the last 20, 30 years at least. Now take that and put every penny we have for marijuana law reform. On a good year, you put it all together. Maybe we have fifteen million dollars. They got eight billion a year. We got fifteen billion, maybe on a good year. Give me eight billion one year, and watch how fast things. <laughs> no no, no <laughs> doubt, I'm, I'm, I'm with you.
0: I'm with you on that. And actually, one thing I can't remember how long ago it was within within the last twelve months. I read a report, and I think I posted it. You know, on our network that there was a one of the you know research. You know groups out there uh, basically did a comparison to how much money is spent just on the war of marijuana. And I think it was something like $18 billion or, or, yeah. or something. So it's
3: $8 billion from feds or so, and then when you start adding in all the private donations to corporations to Partnership for Drug-Free America, things like that. Which,
0: 18 yeah. So basically what they did is they took that number and then they did a rough guesstimate of how much it would cost to get basic health insurance through, like, a major insurance carrier. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, Blue Cross Blue Shield for every American. And I think it ended up being, like, $9.5 billion. So if they were to stop, you know, the war on cannabis, they would have enough money to insure everybody under a major health care provider and save about $7, 8000000000 billion at it. it be, you know, that's because uh, they're
1: not necessarily interested in, uh, you know, Created. look what they're doing now with this debt ceiling thing like rick i feel like uh, there's such a difference between the west coast and east coast and i feel like with something like the debt ceiling issue that we're having right now is marijuana missing the marijuana lobby missing an opportunity to attack at the federal level because like we stumbled upon the federal government in philadelphia you know with doing our thing at the liberty bell but now i feel yeah. like the fact that marijuana is a schedule one drug is the major problem with the numbers of how much money marijuana would generate, you know, how do you think that we can, instead of going state by state, take a shot at the feds uh, for marijuana legalization? You i said earlier, I, I, Hillary Clinton in 2022. I mean, that hurts my feelings almost. Well, a great, it's
3: could. a great idea, but unfortunately, and we can disagree, but I, I truly believe that um, what we have to do is play the politics of incrementalism, and what I mean by that is if you look for the last 20, 30 years, how we've gotten to where we've gotten. I'm 59 years old. And when they started normal, I remember I wasn't part of it, but I remember when it all started. And, you know, they were going to have weed legalized by 77 or so. That didn't yeah. happen. And then what happened is is that, um, you know, over the years, you know, they told the lie, and through the Reagan years, the lie permeated quite a bit. But then the medical thing came along in 88, and then hemp came along during the 1990s, and those became incremental truths that kind of reveal that maybe marijuana is not as harmful as they said, but it wasn't really about marijuana, it was about medical marijuana, it was about hemp. And then as we it, it moved forward, you know, more people, we gained a, a point a year with the American public, 37%, 38%, 39%. Now it's at 52%. We're playing the politics of incrementalism. And, and you know something? That's history repeating itself. In 1912, they made the first anti-marijuana law with uh, a state in this country, Utah or Massachusetts, depending which way you look at it, 1912. It took 25 years for them to get to 1937 and about 20, 25 different states to outlaw marijuana differently before the Fed stepped in and did their thing in 37. That's what's going to happen with us. We're going to legalize a number of states incrementally. We're going to medicalize. We've already done that. We've got 19 and counting. Uh, and we're going to probably get 25 or 30 before we're done. And at that point, the preponderance of the American public will be 60%. The feds have to do something. That's it. You're never going to get the feds to move.
1: Because- fair enough.
3: Well, uh, I until mean, until you force them to the states. Well, if you I have watch.
0: a st- if you have a state majority, I think it's twenty seven states, then you have a state majority, and then the feds. No, have... but
3: there's no but there's no law that turns around and says, oh, you got a state majority. What the, Harry Anslinger, before he got the tax thing, he went around. He tried to get the Uniform State Act, where he wanted all the different mar- anti marijuana laws to come under one federal umbrella. But he couldn't get twenty seven states or wherever it was to agree. And so in, he had to go for the Tax Act, which is, seemed to work pretty well for him for a while.
0: So, the, the I think the biggest, most recent uh, to change the topic just a little bit. The biggest and most recent uh, celebrity you interviewed um, that I, that I can recall was Willie Nelson. Is that uh, yeah?
3: Willie's I've done a number of times, um, and he's. Uh, he's been good uh, over the years now i can actually get him on the phone and ask him a question on the run
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's somebody that you know he's he's on my my uh list of people that i would love to go ahead and have an opportunity to uh to talk with Um, very
3: very open guy and all you got to do is go to one of his shows and and hang out back uh, at the end because he always comes out and talks to his fans and he always stays and talks to the very last one
0: right i mean that i mean that that's cool um, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump to a quick break here, um, listen to some tunes real quick, and then we'll be back with some more Cannabis Network Radio and uh, Rick Husick with uh, High Times.
4: I am using
2: Welcome
0: back to Cannabis Network Radio. We are live with uh, Rick Kusick, associate publisher High Times Magazine. Uh, we thank everyone for listening in and joining us, and everyone in the chat room and all of our live listeners. And we like to thank all the people who listen to our podcast. Uh, we currently are sitting at number six in iTunes. Uh, we are like uh, one of the most frequently listed listened to cannabis. Uh, podcast out there, from my understanding. Hey, so the,
1: the ratings are way up since I've been on the show too. I think right.
0: I, I, I think they went down a bit actually, but nonetheless, you know. Whatever. Uh, we uh, need to get
1: someone on the research team on that shit. I don't <laughs> want I want pie charts.
0: No problem. <laughs> so uh, so Somebody Rick. ate the pie charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wasn't me. All right. So um, Rick, uh, let me let me. I know that over the times that we've had. You know chance to sit down and talk you shared some pretty funny experiences and stories that you've had about different you know whatever uh you want to share one of those uh with us and our listeners about uh one of your uh, i mean
3: you know i i'm i tell stories i'm a storyteller and um and luckily for me high times affords just a ridiculous number of (laughs) of crazy stories uh some are funny some are poignant um I, I, I tell them a lot. I mean, uh, the, the the one that everybody likes to hear, uh, I, I referred to in the last segment a little bit, which was uh, in 2007, and, and this actually well, the way to tell this is it shows the gauge of our movement. Um, in 2007, I was at the Boston Freedom Rally, and we were sitting up, it was a little pissy rain up there, and Keith Strop, the founder of Normal, and I were sharing a tent, Normal and High Times, and... He asked me if I wanted to smoke a joint before things got started, and I said, sure. And long story short, this kid came up to us, and I thought he wanted me to show the joint with him. He tried to be an undercover cop, and he uh, he arrested me and Keith Straub. And, like, this kid grabs on and has taken us to the tent to book us, you know, a booking tent. And back then, they arrested 50, 60 people a year, every year, just to show that they could do it at the Boston Freedom Rally. So you had to hide your joints and everything, 50, 60 every year, Right and uh Keith and I uh got arrested they pulled us in we were one of the 60 that day two of the 60 and uh uh first of all if you're an under if you're an undercover cop and you're working overtime at the Boston free Rant, the last thing you want to do is bust me and Keith Straw cuz <laughs> we will we will make your afternoon miserable no doubt and uh, and we did
2: <laughs> we did
3: uh, but beyond that um when they took us to court uh the 50 50- kids that they busted, they all settled, paid $200, and walked away, and me and Keith couldn't out of professional you know, pride. And long story short, it went on for two years. For a third of a joint, we took it all the way to the Supreme Court of Massachusetts, who refused to hear the appeal, kicked it down, and Keith are the last two people ever to be uh, sentenced under the old law. In the two years that we went through it, they decriminalized marijuana in Massachusetts, So in 2007, me and Keith and 50 or 60 other kids got busted for smoking joints. Two weeks ago, we had a 420 on on Saturday afternoon, and there was probably 10,000, 15,000 people in front of them. We all smoked at the same time. It was awesome. (laughs) That's the difference between being illegal and decriminalization. The cops looked the other way and let 10,000 kids smoke at one time.
0: Well, I, I also think that in some cases, you know, the power is in numbers as well, um, depending on where you're at. Um,
3: well, there was always 10,000 people there back in 2007. They were just, they were on the, the hill crest with their horses, and they would bust you. Right. Uh, no, there was a sea change in the past few years, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. And, you know, they, and Massachusetts had a lot to do with that as well.
0: You know, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you one thing, which... which you know, still is a highlight for me from the few weeks ago at the at the Boston Freedom Rally. Was you know prior to 4:20 when we were all sitting there. I guess now named uh, Mount Malta, formerly uh, Mount Mary Jane. Um, you know, w- when I got to speak right before 4:20 and got to actually introduce you and bring you uh, up there. Um, yeah, on top, on top on top of that hill. Um, you know, there yeah. where, where freedom, you know, more or less started. And then to be able to, to bring you up right after me, that was quite uh, an honor and, and uh, an experience to kind of share the same uh, uh, platform uh-huh. in some sort of a quote-unquote civil disobedience act that we were doing there. So That was, uh,
3: that was a great moment. And was. I mean, I, I was been writing about that because I'm writing about the King of Pot. who passed away a few weeks ago, and that was the last moment I, sp- I, I had with him. And it's on a video, you know. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, is that, you know, they shut the, they shut it down. They tried to take away that minute. They tried to take away 420 by shutting the, the Boston Freedom Rally the second day down at 3 o'clock. And we got Dr. Lester Grinspoon from Harvard University to open up that day, and he rabble-roused. And he said, everybody stay here after 3 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we, we all did, and we had that 420. Everybody stayed. And uh, the cops didn't do a damn thing about it.
0: They knew. No, there's that one cop that was there, like right at the beginning when we were by the gazebo. That like stuck mm-hmm. around for like a couple minutes and was trying to give us a hard time about stuff. And I guess he eventually decided to uh, meander yeah. away when he saw no one else was coming to really back him up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but nonetheless, I, I I do I do love those moments when when things like that happen. You know, yeah. and then and then really the week right after that, I had the opportunity myself to go to Smoke Down Prohibition 9 and speak there right in front of, you know, Independence Hall and Liberty Bell. You know, and I gave, okay. I guess, my now infamous speech of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, you know, <laughs> about how how that how, you know, cannabis, you know, exudes every single attribute of that, and you know. Um, in our Declaration of Independence, you know, life it brings lives, it can saves lives, it changes people's lives, it helps people improve the quality of their life. Liberty, it's our right, our civil right, and our freedom and our constitutional right to go ahead and consume a plant. And you know, happiness. Who the hell isn't happy when they're smoking weed? I mean, you that's know? what
3: it's about, isn't it? And
0: and that's <laughs> and that's where I coined the phrase of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, and you know, it, it it's in you all You came up with that. Yes. Thomas
3: Jefferson would be proud. <laughs> well, in ter- in
0: terms in terms of associating it with cannabis, yes, I did co- I did come up with that. And I looked re- and I looked at all the park police that was there looking to go ahead and jump on us and I said, "How dare you go ahead and try yeah, to yeah, violate yeah. my rights?" Well, you know,
3: so. the original quote was from John Locke and was life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. So that day you were trying to get your little piece of property right by the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> it,
0: it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's it's making a statement and, and really, you know, I, I find that, you know, when you when you have a chance to interact with law enforcement in some capacity, whether, you know, you're speaking at them or you're being hassled by them, is when you're armed with proper knowledge as opposed to, like, you know, insults and, and, and whatnot, things tend to go a little bit better for you, I think, than... than you know, when you try yeah. to go ahead and... and well,
1: you know, I, I just want to say for the record, the smoke down Prohibition was a joke. I literally could not sleep one night and fucking made up a Facebook event, and then we <laughs> did it. And I would have never thought in a million years that any of this, you know, would have happened. And in the long run, I don't know if it's just going to be something that was retarded, which was the original intention, or, if it'll, you know, at this point, the way it's going, who knows, you know what's going to happen, yeah, but I just want to get going. enough of them going that it's like the Super Bowl. Like I want <laughs> yeah. to smoked down you Prohibition is, 36.
3: I'll, I'll tell you what this is. This is going to be we are living in the end days of Marijuana Prohibition. Uh, it's lasted for 100 years, as I was saying, and uh, 1912, and started downwind in 2012. And uh, when the book is finally written that has the beginning, the middle, and the end, they're going to write about the end days. They're going to write about all the things that happened that started the unwinding, and what happened in Philadelphia. What you guys are doing will certainly be on those pages.
1: Yeah, I, ha- well, I thanks, have. Well, thanks, Rick. I wasn't fishing you for are a compliment there, but that was that was you very are participating nice.
3: Participating in in history in the final days of prohibition. And this is and what did it look like. That's what it looked like. Here's what it looked like in Philadelphia. That's what it looked like in Boston three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny that you can say that because it's really a few hundred-mile difference between Boston and Philadelphia, and the dynamic shift mm-hmm. is so great. Um, and you have to go through
3: Jersey before you get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um,
3: Jersey is no man's land.
0: Yeah, it's true, the, uh, the armpit of America, right? That's, that's oh, Rick, well, about
3: marijuana, like. it's just I live in Jersey, and uh, I'm the chairman of New Jersey Normal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's really uh, a rough a rough slog here with uh, Christie
1: as governor I mean, yeah. but you I'm, have I'm some sort at Rutgers uh, next month the, the kids wow. put together a nice little group at Rutgers and they're having a panel and they're showing a movie and stuff like that so it's nice mm-hmm. to see that even in a state that you know is kind of a medical state at this point it's nice to see that people are still you know being activists pretty pretty hard there
3: yeah no it, well it's supposed to be a medical state I live in Montclair we, uh, we have ostensibly uh, one or two uh, dispensaries open but you know, Christie's going to run for uh, president of the United States in 16, and damned if he's going to be the Republican where
1: marijuana, medical marijuana
4: flourished.
1: <laughs> yeah, that happens. would be interesting. Then, that ain't Rick, it, you know, I am just curious, Rick. I think people say think, hey, Rick Kuzik, you know, they probably think that you wake up in the morning and eat, like, weed waffles, and then, you know, you smoke two joints, and, you know, is it, is it a myth? People involved deeply in the marijuana movement are completely stoned all the time. I didn't even find time to smoke today till till this show. You know, well, for the amount of uh, stuff that I did. Does Rick Kuzik yeah. wake up and you know have weed waffles? Yes.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> oh come on now, Poe! You obviously don't know Rick as well as I do.
3: Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I might add, and I might add, you're still sleeping when I do. Uh, <laughs> I have no doubt that's true, Poe. Uh, that happens every morning while it's still dark. But um, but but uh, I, I wake up. I, I I'll hit I'll hit the bong. I'll have a cup of coffee and take the dog for a walk. <laughs> so I'm yeah, room, that sounds like a say, routine. I have to say, um, um, when my daughter hit 12, uh, I stopped smoking for two and a half years just to show her it wasn't important, and because of she knew what Daddy does for a living, obviously, by that time, and uh, and I knew that it was going to come along, and uh, and I was not going to be there when it did, so I wanted to, I didn't want her to have the idea that, you know, there was carte blanche here, <laughs> and so I said, uh,
1: so what I said, was that relationship like?
3: Well, again, it was truth. You know, I I decided really early in the game to tell her the truth, and I wasn't sure when I
1: did that was a good idea. So there was no Tony Soprano kind of uh, hiding, you know, who Daddy really is, kind of. Yeah,
3: no. Early on in the game, I I told her, she asked, and, you know, because it was around. It was always around. And, And I don't mean marijuana was around. I mean, marijuana law reform was always around. Daddy's job was always around. She went to Amsterdam. She'd gone to Jamaica four or five times before she was seven or eight. She, uh, she, um, yeah, she grew up around it, and and the thing and the thing is, uh, she grew up around you know reform. And I told her on her twelfth birthday uh, that uh, uh, reform and changing the law is really important, and not taking shit from people is really important. Here, here. Uh, but marijuana is not really important. It's fun. It's useful. It's it's amazing for people that really need it as a medicine. I'm not one of those people, so it's not important like that for me. It's just my preference
0: Rick does but, it improve the quality of your life
3: and it has for oh, many years it's well then for then, years. then there you go but it's not it necessary is. no for quality of life no, no.
1: It, and for, for the yeah. record your daughter is a completely well adjusted human correct yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah. And she'll there you, you have years. it folks
1: <laughs> you can grow up with parents that use marijuana and not end up uh, whatever
3: crackhead no no she's she's great and uh, and the thing is, is um, I I by telling her that at an early age, like I said, I wasn't sure it was a good idea. But what happened was, I told her I wasn't supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this because I don't want to lie to you. And it added a layer of honesty, I think, between our relationship that I think still is there today. I, you know, I have, and we, we, like any other parent and, and daughter, but on the other hand, we don't bullshit each other.
0: As a father, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, my kids live with my, you know, ex-wife, but. Uh you know, I do have them from time to time, and you know, mm-hmm. when we were going through the custody battle, of course, my ex-wife did bring up the whole, uh, you know, canna- oh, yeah. cannabis thing in court, um, and it was actually in North Carolina who we went to court, and I was kind of happy with the fact the judge kind of more or less yeah. la- laughed that off, because um, I thought go, I thought it was judge. I thought it was going to be a, an issue, but uh, yeah. you know, she really you know she really didn't make a, a big deal about it, and she realized what I did was an activist, and I wasn't like you know a retailer right. or, or or whatnot, um, so. I got, I got a couple of questions here um, on, on the chat. Um, the first one uh, has been actually from a whole bunch of people and it's been the most common question. Everyone wants to know how they can get a job at High Times. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> when you work at High Times Magazine, you get asked the same five questions all the time. First question is, how did you get your job at High Times Magazine? The second question is, can I get a job at High Times magazine? The third question is, do you guys sit around all day and smoke pot? The fourth yeah. question is, do you have any pot? And the fifth question is, what's up with that fake weed? <laughs>
1: the fifth question is two out of answers. five
3: so far, my friends. And uh, and uh, the answers are uh, luck, no. Uh, sometimes we stand. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I get the hell out of here and I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
0: There, there you go. There you have it. Um, and then, yeah, uh,
3: no, it's a, yeah, said, the answer is the way you get a job at high time. Just luck. Be <laughs> the right place at the right time. And that's what happened
0: to me. F- fair enough. So, um, then Dave has a question here. Uh, he said, want to know what the first cannabis cup you went to was Rick. For-
3: uh, that was 2000, uh, no, I'm sorry, 1999, that's right, and my daughter was, no, it had to be 2000, 2000, yeah, and my daughter was three years old, and my wife and my daughter and I went over there, and I spent 10 days in Amsterdam, um, and took in the cup, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, because it's kind of like going to old New Orleans for the Mardi Gras. Yeah, it is, it is. You know, we it take is. over yeah. the whole city, and... Uh, and it's a wonderfully beautiful romantic city It's awesome and uh yeah so i that was my first experience in 2006 or seven i went back to amsterdam and i was a celebrity judge uh <laughs> and that was a surreal experience they put me in a room uh almost locked me in the damn room with uh danny danko from high oh. times um the gaskins who started the farm out in uh out in the midwest right the largest the, uh, the oldest running commune in the United States, and Redman. Man, <laughs> and uh, and we sat in a room for four days with forty jars of the best weed we'd and, and judged it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, it sounds like good yeah. times, you know. Whatever. That was
3: a surreal life experience.
0: So, so you mean when when people buy those judges passes to the Cannabis Cup, they mm-hmm. uh, you know don't get. Well, to there's have the two same there's experience? two
3: competitions that go on, and one is the judges pass, uh, gives you uh, to. To judge the coffee shop
2: products, right.
3: and you go to the various coffee shops and you try their their entries, and then having done that, you can vote upon it, and uh, that's the popular vote. And then there's the seed bank, uh, um, which is done by uh, celebrity judges and experts, and it's usually a panel of six or eight people. And uh, that one is uh, uh, it's for you know the larger producer companies, right. and the winners of that make a lot of money. So it's a very after prize.
0: <laughs> no doubt. So, yeah. uh, day in the life of the associate publisher at High Times. Um,
3: I've, I've already led you through five thirty to six thirty in the morning. What, uh, what some yeah, kind of like? I get up. I get the kid off to school. Uh, I get the uh, I get the guy off to New York. Uh, we go to uh, into the office, and uh, the staff at High Times is the coolest staff in the world. Uh, we're in the middle of Manhattan, and uh, we are really, really, really tight. And the reason we're really tight is because we go through these ridiculous experiences together in different parts of the country and different parts of the world. And uh, so I get to go play with them every day. And yeah. uh, It's very busy because we put out a magazine every month. We put out the best of High Times four times a year. We put out the website, which is cranking right now, uh, hightimes.com. And on top of that, we're doing these the cannabis cups, both domestic and in Europe. And I think in 2014 we're going to have even more United States cannabis cups.
0: That's going to be awesome, uh, you yeah. know. and we're and we're looking forward to them for sure. Absolutely, oh,
3: they're wonderful events. We, we it, they, those were a, uh, um, you know, it that was a, an action in motion. We didn't we kind of created it. As we went along, we weren't really sure. Different places we went, the laws were different. But uh, in each one, we create an era, a safe era, where people can go medicate or recreate, as the place may be, and see the uh, the best and most cutting edge uh, things on the market.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I I will tell you is that I was you know I was in Denver this year. I was in Seattle <laughs> this year, and yeah, it, it, it was it was. Uh, you know, both. I'm going to say both were. You know, as you were saying about the history books uh, being written, yeah. both of those were were historical moments, and to be able yeah, to sublime. be and Absolutely to and sublime. to be able to be a part of it, thanks to you uh, yeah. for inviting me and getting me into them and Danny as well. Um, you know, I was able to participate in those and, uh, well and talk to everyone about you, it, you it and, your and research so on and so forth. And you guys. <laughs> Thank you so Rick, much, I, yeah. Rick.
1: I have nice. one. I have one beef with High Times. I, w- I was High Times oh, for the month. Only one. Geez. <laughs> only one. <laughs> I was five times freedom fighter of the month, one of three in September, and uh, I had to go out and... Buy a high times for me and my mom. So essentially, it cost me like fourteen bucks yeah, to be in high dude. times. Like you guys can't, ah. you guys can't send me, you guys can't send me like a keychain and like a and, and a magazine or
3: something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know how that oversight happened, but uh, <laughs> now you know the you know the cool kids at High Times. When you
1: or like, you like a fruit basket or something. <laughs> like you know yeah, know you know what I mean, like I'll get your fruit
3: basket and <laughs> Thank you. To I do.
0: I wouldn't ask for a fruit basket. I'd want a basket of flowers. You know, like what I, mean, I've I've I that Well, that was,
1: that's fruit was fruit code. code. <laughs> yeah, was code I actually. Oh, like I, didn't that. That
0: t- I didn't mean that. Type that. Right that, that? Like I, d- I cent didn't
3: mean that type of flower I didn't mean that type of flower
0: Of course <laughs> not. I would never make a reference like that. You know what do you mean? You
3: know?
0: Me? Do something like that? Never. <laughs> Me?
3: I, I told my daughter early on, I have a vaguely criminal nature. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't
0: we all to do what we do? It's kind of one of those things. Yeah, well, we have the, to do that
3: is the point, isn't it? It, it
0: is the point. Uh, some people don't get it. Some people don't get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you know what? It's people like you, Rick, that have been doing it for so long. Who, who, you know what? You're one. I have to say, you're one of the people that inspires me because every time I've seen you speak over the years, you get up there and you just kind of say it how it is, and you more or less, you know, you just there's nothing, there's no like beating around the bush. And I find that, you know, when I speak and when I convey things, I'm very much the same way. You know, just yeah, no, you are. And and, and,
3: well, the thing again, I, I. I wasn't always as confident about what I, public speaking, as I am now. And, and the reason I am now is because I realized what I said before. It's about truth-telling. Yes. And, and once you realize, you know, you, there's lies out there, and what you're doing is you're countering the lies with truth, then it becomes really simple.
4: Then what? you
3: just got to go out there and say the truths. And say them with enough conviction that people can tell that you're not lying.
0: One of one of <laughs> one of the big, you know, I have to say this honestly. One of the biggest things that that has benefited me from being an activist is really being able to 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 look back at my life and the things that I've, you know, the the negatives, so on and so forth, and the whole aspect of the 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 transparent honesty, which is something that, you know, coming from the industry that I was in beforehand, the adult entertainment industry is not what you call exactly a transparent, um, you know, honest business. You know, the certain attributes that, you know, you kind of get used to living your way, you know, life a certain way. One thing which I, which I've definitely learned is that, you know, everything I do now is transparent. Everything I have is transparent. Everything I say can be backed up. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those essential things. And it's one of those things that, that really, you know, you learn how to become like literally brutally honest and transparent in order to succeed as an activist that that's really how, how you have to be. And that's one of the. Well, the and it's that,
3: a, it's a real moment when you make that decision. Yeah. You, that, you know. know, I'm going to be transferred because you're going to lay yourself out open. To and so, and some people says at least and danger at most.
0: Ab- absolutely. And some people say people, you know, Uh, You know, can't change or don't change, but I'll tell you is that, you know, I think from the first time you met me years ago to now, I think I have definitely uh, have come a long way with with who I was and who I am, especially in this movement. So, uh, you know,
3: you you can't go to things like this without changing. Absolutely, it is. A, a, a really absolutely, and it,
0: and it has cha- and changed me 100 percent for the positive, and that's yet another attribute of, of the wonders of of cannabis and and <laughs> So, so, <Yeah>. so <laughs> yeah. just
3: that, is. that bit about where I get up at five thirty in the morning and do bong, it's pretty much <laughs> for, for the
1: positive. Yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, yeah, and, and, and Rick, just I, I got to go on stage right now, but I just wanted to say, you know, before I go, that you know. We really appreciate the road that everyone has paved, and we're not necessarily in Philadelphia trying to be brazen with what we're doing. you know we uh, we appreciate that you guys uh, got us here, and we're gonna uh, you know, I guess continue to do this at the Liberty Bell for as long as we possibly can. No.
3: everybody plays their part, and like I said, you know when when the final chapter is written, there's gonna be some creative, lucky writer that's gonna get together all the stories about what it was like in the end years of marijuana prohibition. And what you guys, 100% what's happening in Philadelphia, is one of those those anecdotes that's going to survive, 100%. What you guys are doing is very important. Oh. and
1: uh, Appreciate it. I'll send you that address for uh, the fruit basket. <laughs> Thank you we Yo, got it <laughs>
0: So alright Paul I'll talk to you later Go, Good luck with your show And uh, we'll talk at you later So Rick I, 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 I got one yep. last uh, question For you to, to, to close out the show I, I'm a father yeah. um, Of two wonderful boys um, One just turned 10 And one is 16 um, They obviously yeah. know what I do uh, I'm an activist Um, You know, my older son is at the point where he's educated himself and started to educate himself about, you know, the truths about, you know, what Mm -hmm. I do. Because obviously, you know, there's adversity and he's going to hear things so on and so forth. Now, you being, you know, a a single father, um, you know, and and the relationship you have with your daughter is is something that, that actually I have noticed throughout the course of, of, you and I knowing each other that, you know, we can be at an event, you can be busy, but you're always checking on your daughter. You're always making sure that she's okay. You're always making sure that, that, you know, yes, she, much to her chagrin. She, she, she is, you know, one, she is your top priority over, over everything else. And, and mm-hmm. I, and I definitely admire that and respect that, you know, as a father myself. Now, have you, or actually, I, I know you have, what is, is really the most, I'm going to say, um, uh, I guess, criticism that you've had to encounter um, over you being an activist slash, you know, employee of high times and a father. Um,
3: yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. Uh, criticism. Uh, you, you Of course, you know, there's people who will launch criticism at you just because you're doing it, and, you know, there's something wrong with weed or yes. something. And you don't listen to those people. Because no. They're wrong. And you know they're wrong. Yes. You know, they're out there, and that's that. But, um... But I'm a very public activist. It it happened incrementally. I didn't mean for that to happen. I didn't step out, but I got busted, and then I got in the spotlight, and then I got to talk publicly about it, and then I got... And and it just happened. And um, now, uh, I've made some pretty crazy, by some standards, uh, crazy decisions to to, um, smoke weed in very public situations. I, I was on the History Channel, I got high on the History Channel, I got high on uh, National Geographic Drugs Inc, <laughs> uh, I got high on the Daily Show, uh, I got high on a, v- a variety of things. Uh, and the thing is is that um, I you know I was very public about that and people said, well, that could put your daughter at risk. But the reality is I didn't really do that until the last year or so. And my kid is really smart, and I respect the hell out of her. And I think that she knows if anything happened now, that she's 16 years old. If anything happened now, it would just reinforce in her mind, uh, you know, I mean, I, nothing she would simply go over with her mom. Right. Uh, it's not like they would take her away and put her in the foster home or anything. Right. And, uh, and at the same token, um, I think it would reinforce things I've taught her. You know, it's, I've been very lucky in one sense with my daughter. In the past ten years, as I've told her about these things, what's happened in the last ten years? We went from being losers to winners. You know, and now here, my my kid's a teenager, and she's seeing that everything I've been talking about for a year really does have to do with with you know freedom and and people's rights, and uh, and it's not just uh, silly stuff that they were trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been a positive experience for all of
0: us. You know, honestly, it's it's one of those things, you know, that, that you know, I, I kind of get the same thing from a lot of people like, you know, it's going to affect your relationship with your children, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, 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 you know what? I'll honestly tell you is that being an activist, being involved in this community, being involved with everyone I know and doing the things I do has made me a much more understanding, driven, a better person overall, one hundred percent, and you know what? That only benefits my children. You know, yeah. I've been a better parent. Facet. I mean, yeah.
3: I, I, I'm one. I wrote a book about it, and it's not out yet, but, but it will be. And uh, the thing is, is that uh, I mean, I'm I. Say point blank, you know, there's times i many times I've taken my daughter to meet my daughter when she was young to museum. museum will smoke a joint before I go in. Yep. And then she and I go play among the paintings, you know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And, and it makes you more childlike and it makes you more playful and it makes you more empathic. You know. and, and, you know, we talk about medical marijuana, certainly. And we talk about recreational marijuana. And, uh, but, you know, there's also enhancement. <laughs> Most people, when we talk about recreational marijuana, a lot of times they're talking about enhancing their life, either through their senses, enhancing their food or their sex or their music or their film, or they're talking about going to the museum or going to, you know, out to the a- park in abs- the sunshine. Enhance- Absolutely.
0: I mean, I, you know, people ask me my opinion, you know, medical, recreational, this and that, and I, and I kind of have come to my own opinion of it, is that cannabis improves the quality of your life, you know, some way or another. You know, whether it be enjoying, you know, an activity more, whether it be not having to take, you know, medication, whether it be, you know, saving your life, whether it be, you know, a, a, a whole group of things, you know, like from from having to cope with life's, you know, complexities and stresses, you know, if if cannabis improves the quality of a person's life. Then there's your answer. It's not medical. Yeah. It's not recreational. It's
3: not it does, you know whatever the case into is. It not human definitions. Right. The limits of human definitions. It does a lot of things. And, there's a lot of things like that. Vitamin C and oranges. Right. You know, there's a lot of things that do a whole bunch of things. Right, but people don't. From. But
0: people don't realize that you know when they may, you know cannabis being illegal is kind of like saying vitamin C should be illegal. You know, it's it's, oh, it's really the same exact absolutely. thing, yeah. and people and people don't register that. Um, right. Well. Rick, I have to say that the hour flew by and I really appreciate you taking A your very time. Enjoyable hour. Um, thank you af- so out of your right. busy schedule to join us here and I hope to do this yeah. again sometime uh with you and you know maybe next Anytime, time in person. And you, know,
3: you just ask and I'm there.
0: And Anytime. uh you know thank you so much for everything everything that you do. Um, well you, I really
3: like I said, I guess I've come to you because I really respect respect the work you you're doing particularly. Thank you and, so much uh, let me know uh whatever I can do to support it.
0: Rick I appreciate that that means so much to me and I thank you so much for that and uh, I hope that I hope that everything goes great and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again you know like obviously not on the air but you know and and, and I, have In enjoyed, time. I have enjoyed all of our time that we've spent together and uh, thank you again it was a great honor having you Um, And taking your time to doing this and I hope you have a wonderful night and I'd like to thank everyone that came and listened uh, to us and everyone's gonna listen to us on iTunes and all the other uh, uh, implements we are we are actually on three networks right now we're on Dopebox Radio we're on um, uh, the Bone Project and we're on Cannabis Network Radio as well as Russ Belleville has a syndicated on his 420 uh, radio network which you can pick up episodes at 420 uh, radio.org as well so uh you know again thank you so much for for being here with us and i appreciate everything you do for both us and for everyone out there in, in the world of, of cannabis and i hope you have a great evening in regards to your daughter and uh you know have a great night. thanks
3: again i really appreciate being here all right
0: have a good night well folks there you have it uh our uh, hour-long chit chat with uh Mr. Rick Cusick, Associate Publisher of High Times Magazine. Um, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed uh, the show and uh, for those of you that uh, are going to listen to us on our podcast uh, through iTunes, please take a moment uh, to rate us, uh, write a review for us um, like I want to get up to number one and, and the only people that can help you uh, help us do that is, uh, you guys. And I appreciate everyone, uh, for listening and supporting us. Uh, we are a people funded organization and, uh, we have so much to come with, uh, Cannabis Network, uh, radio and the Cannabis Network media group. I hope everyone has a safe and enjoyable evening and we will be back with, y- uh, Poe and myself, uh, on Monday. Everyone have a good night and be safe. <laughs>